from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. That's interesting. You know, the, the state's attorney general is suing over mask mandates in schools. He's hoping to get those struck down. It sounds like your students, this is not a big source of complaint. No, it is not. They're going to require all teachers, staff, and even volunteers to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. Is that something that's under mm-hmm. consideration in Jennings? So it's, you know, everything is, is on the table. And so we, we've had some talk about it. But also recognizing that, you know, this, you know, there's there's a lot of debate around, um, you know, personal preference sure. um, and, and being a personal right. I'm Sarah Fenske. It was back to school this week for students in the Jennings School District. Like others across the metro area, the North St. Louis County District is determined to proceed with in-person classes, even with the threat posed by the Delta variant. And joining us now to share how that's going and what's on her mind is the district's new superintendent. Paula Knight spent 28 years with the St. Louis Public Schools before starting her new job in Jennings this year. And she joins us today. So, Superintendent Paula Knight, welcome. Good afternoon, Sarah, and thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. So you had your first day in school on Monday, or the students had their first day back in school on Monday. Did it feel like school as usual, even in this kind of unusual year? It did. It felt like school, um, you know, even though we still adhering to the distancing guidelines and math requirements. Um, the kids, they had their book bags, they had their uniforms, uh, parents were taking photos. Uh, it was it was a really, really good first day, and I, I shared this with the staff. It was almost like my first day of school, mm. uh, so I had the, the first day jitters, um, you know, couldn't sleep the night before, um, but it just, it felt like school again. Um, we had um, many of our families who came back to school, um, only a handful uh, requested virtual as an option, mm. um, but I said it, the good problem that we had on the first day was having a traffic jam on Cousins Avenue because we had families who were coming in and they were dropping off and it was just so good to see. So it was mm-hmm. it was a beautiful first day of school here in Jennings. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. And you're over those first day jitters now. Um, so Jennings, yeah. like some school districts around the area, you do require students and teachers to wear masks. How is that going over? So far, so good. Um, well received by the community. Uh, families did call and they wanted to know if we were in fact going to require masks. Staff wanted to know that as well. And the, the bottom line is yes. You know, yes, we are going to require it. Providing masks, multiple masks to, to kids. And at the same time, what's important is to allow those what I call mask breaks. So if they're outside, they can pull those masks down. You know, and just take some time to breathe in that air, that fresh air, because at the end of the day, as adults, we need to have those mass break, too. Mm-hmm, um, for so, sure. So that, yeah, so, so, so far, so good. Have not had any complaints. Um, and kids, they were actually, you know, we're a walking district. Um, so kids walk to school or their parents drive them. And just seeing kids walking to school with their masks already on, mm-hmm. which means they already know before we get into the building, we know we have to wear our masks. That's interesting. You know, the the state's attorney general is suing over mask mandates in schools. He's hoping to get those struck down. It sounds like your students, this is not a big source of complaint. 
No, it is not. It is not. And, you know, it's safety first, Sarah, as I'm sure everyone understands that, you know, just ensuring that we we protect our children um, by any means necessary. And, you know, without getting into, you know, just the the legal, possible legal ramifications, um, if any such exist, um, it is important that we just keep safety first and uh, protecting, you know, my youngest group of kids, which are my three and four year olds to my oldest who are 18 and 19 years old. So um, it has been embraced, um, and it's just really good to see. So the Jennings School District has been making in-person education work during this pandemic longer than anybody else in the area. Uh, You guys reopened for in-person schooling in July of 2020. That's long before most other public schools were ready for that. Does that give Mm -hmm. you a base of confidence, even with the Delta variant right now, that this is a district that can handle this? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, I watched how Jennings, the Jennings School District handled this back in the summer of 2020, being in uh, St. Louis Public Schools. Um, And so when I came over, not knowing that I was coming to Jennings, so when I came over, um, they have the the structures, the protocols, they have everything laid out, everything was in place. So it's almost as if, you know, it's it's a new normal here Hmm. um, and a new normal that has truly been embraced. Um, by the kids as well as the staff. Um, so it, so I had that level of confidence in knowing uh, that this, you know, this will not be a tug of war in terms of, you know, how do we do this? How do we make this work? What structures do we need to put in place? Because they were already here. Hmm. So that was, that, was, that was helpful. So there's some people who are worried that this Delta variant, that this is a game changer and in a really bad way. You guys were open for summer school. How did that go? Yeah, we were open for summer school, um, and it's the same process, Sarah. We uh, social distanced, and just keep in mind, you know, our numbers were really small in the summer, so it was easier to do. Sure. It was easier to uh, space the kids out. You know, we had some, you know, a couple of classrooms that had 10, uh, 10 kids, and so that was, you know, that was manageable. And so having, you know, 300 kids in summer learning, um, you know, it was just it was really easy to have that structure, that solid, tight structure in place. Um, and kids were learning during the summer. And then we had a session two, um, and that session two was, you know, strictly virtual, strictly online. But the kids who came in, they wanted to be there, and they understood what it meant to be in-person learning for summer school. And did you have any COVID outbreaks during that summer session where it was spreading within the, the pupils who were there? Not to my knowledge, no. That's great. Not to great. my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Not to my knowledge, yes. Well, I, I hope that can continue this fall as you have more students in the building. Beyond that, um, there's just a lot of talk. Every fall we talk about the summer slide, you know, the knowledge that's lost during the weeks kids are off in the summer. Now there's a lot mm-hmm. of talk about the COVID slide. Do you think that's a real concern? You know, we have the summer slide, we have the COVID slide, and, you know, you, you see this terminology that's that's being used, and it's used on social media, as well as some of our national articles around learning loss, um, and they tie that back to uh, what we call the, the COVID slide. You know, and I, I want to shift that nomenclature just a bit, because it's not to say that during COVID, our kids were not learning anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's shifting um, the understanding around what they were actually learning. Now that they are back, um, putting some, you know, intensive structures in place, um, concentrating on, you know, those skills and those content areas uh, that we 
continuously need to work on. And so whether there was COVID or, you know, before COVID, after COVID, you know, still having those intensive structures in place, um, you know, to continue to strengthen the learning. So, you know, oftentimes when I hear people say, you know, you know, COVID caused so much learning loss, well, I beg to differ. Um, I'm not going to say that learning completely stopped with kids because it was a different mindset. It was a different kind of learning uh, that kids were going through, learning different modes of communication, um, different roles that many of our kids took on took on while they were at home, learning more about themselves because mm-hmm. they're spending that more time with themselves. And so I just always have to remind us, you know, when we're having these conversations, you know, how do we, you know, shift our thinking and not call it a learning loss, but it's more like unfinished learning. Mm-hmm. And so we're, they're still learning. We just, you know, picking up where we left off. So for that, that loss, um, you did see a five to 10% decline in the district on average in English language arts, literacy and math over last year. Are you seeing any groups of students who were particularly affected by that? Um, you have, you know, your groups of kids who require some, you know, additional intervention intervention um, support. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have, you know, your younger learners, um, those kids who, you know, the developmental delays um, where they do have that. And so, you know, identifying who those children are um, and supporting them along the way where they're, you know, what we call in smaller groups um, and kids who uh, may have uh, individ- individualized plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we have to make sure that we're concentrating on specific goals. And so, you know, you do have your, you know, your your groups of kids that you have to focus in on, but it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't look at everyone in the, in the district. Mm-hmm. But there were, you know, some groups of kids that we really do need to focus our efforts around so that we, you know, don't continue to lag behind year after year. So they'll be getting some special attention as, as things resume yeah. this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to. So when it comes to virtual learning, um, you guys only had about 50 families go entirely virtual last year. Um, and you said you're offering that that virtual option again this year. Are many families taking you up on that? So not as many, uh, so I'm proud to say. Um, so part of that is just trusting that we, you know, have their child or their children's best interest. Safety is first. Um, so initially we had about 60 families who you know, called in and said, hey, I want this as an option. As we got closer to the start of the school year, that number has now dropped uh, to maybe the uh, high 30. Hmm. Uh, So we were able to cut that number in half. And when we look at the demographic of kids uh, within that, you know, that 30 count, uh, some of the children, you know, they have some medical conditions. Sure. um, And understandably so. As you know, in the city of Jennings, asthma, the asthma rate in 63136 is high. Um, And so... Some families are, are seeing that and, and wanting to have that virtual uh, instruction as an option. And so, you know, where we have the ability to have some conversations with families to reassure them that their child will be safe, um, you know, many of them decided to let them come uh, in person um, and just thank us for the opportunity, you know, because some families just want to be heard. They just want to mm-hmm. hear from, you know, me as a superintendent or the building leader that, you know, we have structures in place and your child will be safe. Hmm. And so they are here. And so that we were able to reduce that number by almost 50 percent. So I'm I'm proud to say. So the St. Louis Public School District, they're going to require all teachers, staff and even volunteers to be fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. Is that something that's under Uh consideration in Jennings? So it's 
you know, everything is, is on the table. And so we, we've had some talk about it, um, but also recognizing that, you know, this, you know, there's, there's a lot of debate around, um, you know, personal preference sure. um, and, and being a personal right. And so uh, just having some, you know, ongoing conversations with my internal team um, and, you know, bringing others in from the community to have some additional conversation about that. But uh, we we're talking about it, um, but not making that um, as an immediate um, decision at this moment. Okay. Well, there's a lot going on this year. Man, educators, you guys have such a hard job and <laughs> such an important job. We're all rooting for you. Um, Thank I, you so much. In our final uh, 30 seconds here, what would you want parents to keep in mind this year? Keep in mind, just always, we are keeping the safety of our children first. Um, we love them. We are here to teach and educate them and protect them at the same time. We have a moral responsibility and obligation to ensure that that happens. And so as they are bringing them to us and dropping them off every day and picking them up, you know, that continues to remind all of us that our families trust us and we will continue to push that forward. Well, Jennings Superintendent Paula Knight, thank you and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.